0: You are listening to the message by Antioch Centre for the Nations. For more information, please visit www.antiochcenterforthenations.org. Thank you. So, pre- pleasing God, you know, um, you see, I will begin, you know, we often make effort to please people, right? We will please, who, who are we actually pleasing? You know, we, are, we, are, we strive to please our bosses, right? All of us, you know, we have been in work in some, some, some sort or to, to an extent that we have to please our bosses. Or even if you are doing sales, you have to please your client, right? If not, you will not get that sale, right? You can call it curry favor. You can call it, you know, whatever. They want to call it out in the world. You know, people are out here to please at least someone. If not, who? You please yourself. Right. We even please, we have to please, please our peers as well. Why? Because even right now, um, as I, as I look at my nephew and my niece as they grow up, you know, from toddlers to adolescents to even now teenagers, they are becoming more self-conscious. Right. When you are self, you when you are more self-aware, you want to be accepted within a circle of friends. That is where you will begin to please your friends as well. How? You know, whatever they do, you want to follow. They look cool, you want to look cool. They they, they dress in a way that it looks weird, but you don't care. You know, it looks cool to you. You want to be part of the group, you look and you dress weird as well. Okay, so, you see, we just want to be acceptable within our society or within our circle of friends or whoever that we come in contact with, right? Especially as Asians, you know, we are taught to be failure. We have to please our parents as well, no matter how old we are. You know, even right now, okay, for me, yeah, I know my parents are not watching. <laughs> okay, so, so, but even if they are watching. I'm, you know, I will say this as well. So, you know, even right now, me, you know, a 40 plus year old man, to my mom, I'm still a little boy. Somehow, you know, we don't grow up in our parents' eyes. You know, no matter how old we have grown up, we are still little kids in our parents' eyes. You know, I'm speaking on the context of you know being an Asian, right? So, even right now, we have to please our parents as well. My mom will often nag at me, you know, this and that, and and then. Okay, okay, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, In a way, like the Bible says, honor your parents. Yeah, in a way, I'm boring her, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But just nodding, to whatever she says. Okay? So, some people please to gain favor. Now, you see, that, that's the thing, you see. As I mentioned before, you know, especially um, we are in a competitive society when it comes to work. Okay? We want to please to gain favor. Favors from who? Again, your bosses, right, or even those that you come in contact with. Why, right? if not, like they say, yeah, huh? okay, you put your rice bowls in jeopardy, okay, or even for personal interests. Some people they do this for self gain, which I find, okay, I can even uh, when I said this, I know you know some of the friends that I come in contact with, that I come to know them after spending time with them. Okay, they are not just. Merely out there to gain your friendship. Or they are not just merely there, you know, to be friendly. They are there for some, you know, motives. Whatever the motive is, I don't care. You, You get what I mean? But as long as my conscience is clear, that is fine with me. But that is the reality of life. You see, like we saw the disciples. Who? Okay? And we saw in the disciples wanting to sit at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. Now you tell me that. Why do they have to secretly go up? or even ask their mom to walk up to Jesus and ask Jesus for that favor, why not they just speak openly, right? So, to me, they have something in their mind which they want to have, you know, a step ahead of the rest of the disciples. So, whichever the case may be, you know, in this age and time, it has become, I would say, a narcissist society. Why? As we, as a society grows, okay, somehow I feel we, Individually we have not grown in fact we have even grown more self inwardly. We are beginning more self-conscious we are looking at ourselves we have to you know be aware of how we are before people. that is where we will start wanting to please others. So I be, so I believe that this revelation I got from my dream which God has given me, okay, this title itself is asking you no know, God is asking us. As I was saying when I woke up Monday morning, I asked Lord, Lord, what do you mean by pleasing you or pleasing God? So he asked me this question, you know. Who are who are you? Me? Okay, I, I asked him that question, so he asked me back a question. God likes to do that. He never gives you a direct answer. Usually when he gives you another question, it's to help you to, you know, to, to help to help you to look for more answers yourself. So who are we striving to please at the end? God asked me this way, who are you? Striving to please. Is it yourself? Okay? Your friends. So when you ask me that question, it got me, you know, thinking, thinking hard. Are we pleasing God alone? Okay? When we seek Him, when we go after God, are we pleasing Him alone or do we have some ulterior motive behind? Okay, I know the Bible says, you know, covered the spiritual gift. Yes, that one is outright clear and obvious. You know, when we want a spiritual gift, we ask, we pray. We even ask, you know, um, anointed um, ministers or even our pastors to pray for us. That, clear cut, I can understand. But why do we please, for instance, why do we please our pastors? Do we have something behind, some ulterior motive? You get what I mean? So that was what set me thinking, you see. And God wants us to honestly sit down and think about that. So, are we pleasing God alone? Or be through man? Or through direct worship. When we come here to worship, for instance, let's say in a big mega church, okay, you look at the worship theme, it's like, wow, you know, this looks like a big concert somewhere. You know, you know, I mean sometimes you feel you know the presence of God, but sometimes you don't. To be honest, it's just a showmanship. So who are they trying to please? And those of us, or some of us who actually went for this, when we sing, when we dress. Okay, look nice, you know put on our perfume, our colognes when we go to churches. Who are we trying to please? Are we going there to please God? are we or are we going there on a fashion show, trying to look nice, you know, look cool, look pretty so that we can get what notice from other church members? okay, not just church alone. How about you know, our company itself in schools? you know who are we trying to please? You see? So Paul spent you know most of his time in his ministry. Pleasing not himself, pleasing God. In fact, even before he was called into ministry, as he was a fa- the uh, Pharaoh of Pharaohs, he was actually trying to please God, you know, by persecuting, right, the Christians, but in the wrong way. That's why Jesus came and corrected him and turned him totally around. Hey, whatever you are doing is good, but you're doing it for the wrong, you know, reason for the wrong purpose. Come, let me show you the other way, the right way. So, as I read, you know, the Bible, the New Testament especially, as I begin to recall, yeah, actually Paul was trying to please God all the while. He was never trying to please other people. In fact, you read, right, he was actually scolding some of the people as well. He's, he outright scolded some of the church leaders. Okay? Why? Because he know, he stand firm and secure in God. He was trying to please God all the time. And that was his priority. Okay, Of course, being Paul, you know, Sometimes he hurts people's feeling, but to him that is not important. The most important thing is he did not hurt God's feeling. He just want to please God, wherever wherever he go, whatever he said, you know, or whoever he encounter with, all because of his deep conscience, you see. And let's look at a passage, okay, to begin with. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen to sixteen, okay. But thanks to but thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us spread and make evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God. Okay? Discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter one, an aroma from death to death, a fatal, offensive odor but to the other, an aroma from life to life, a, fa- a vital fragrance, living and fresh. And who is adequate and sufficiently qualified for these things? You see, when Paul wrote this to the Corinthians, okay, he was just trying to remind them, all of us here, in fact, in this room, we are a sweet fragrance to God. As I was praying early on, God approved of our worship. Why? Okay, if you read today's daily Bible reading, Okay? Jesus did, told a woman by the well, okay? the time will come when we worship God in spirit and in truth. So this is what God is looking for. This is what pleases God. And when we do that in church, collectively, this becomes an aroma, a fragrance rising up into heaven, into God's nostrils. When he smells that, he will like, Oh, that feels good. That smells good. Okay, no matter... Okay, if you're a like me, uh, I don't use fragrance, I don't use cologne. Okay? Doesn't matter to God. We sing terribly, doesn't matter to God. You, we sing out of tune, doesn't matter to God. Because why? We sing out of our hearts. That is more important than anything else. And to God, that is like, wow, that is music to my ears. Okay? Amen? So, so this reminded me of the Old Testament. Okay? Where the Israelites often make sacrifices. You know, when they make sacrifices, which part of the animal do they sacrifice? Can you remember? Can anyone remember which portion? The fat. The most fattiest, the unhealthy portion. See, God looked after us so much so that he'd rather take the unhealthy portion and give us a good meat. Right? So we should thank God for that. Okay? Okay, but some of us I know we like the well, especially the fried aroma from the, you know, the, the, the fatty portion, huh? Right. Okay. So, (laughs) okay, I'm guilty of that. (laughs) I know, fried chicken, you know, the fried pork knuckles and all that. Yeah, but it's nice, really, honestly speaking. Why? You're getting hungry, (laughs) Zita? Okay. (laughs) Good, I'm glad. (laughs) So, as I was saying, you see, the Israelites sacrifices the fat portion of the animal. It becomes a pleasing aroma, even right now. Why do we like fatty food? Right, because when we come across... Someone frying fried food. What do we smell? It's like, Ooh, that smells good. Usually it's a fried stuff that caught our attention. So we are created in the image of God. If God likes that, so do we. There's nothing wrong. So don't feel guilty, okay, people? <laughs> but please eat adequately. <laughs> Not too much, huh? Okay? So, as, sorry, I digress a bit, okay? So that becomes a pleasing aroma towards God, as it's been said here, okay, in a passage. Our sincere heart, our repentance i'm talk, talking about true repentance even if you sin seen again what does the bible says come back repent god will forgive you whatever that you have committed he will just forget about it i'm not going to touch on that i'm going to i'm not going to look at it okay to god you are a brand new creation that's all as long as you come before him with a true repentance your actions which i'm going to talk about later okay are, living sacri- are in fact the living sacrifices that pleases to God. You see, in the Old Testament, animals took our place. But right now, in the New Era, in this New Testament age, we ourselves, we are the sacrifices. No longer we need animals. Okay? Unless you go, you go back and burn some pigeon, I will find that weird. <laughs> okay? So, we should be carrying the scent. We are the scent, the fragrance. Okay? To me, that is the anointing. Of God upon us. See, when God anoints us, God do not invest, you know, in for, for nothing, you know. God is a wise investor. Why do you think God anoints you? Why do you think, who, what, okay, in fact, why do you think you deserve the anointing? Why? Okay, I often ask God that seriously. And usually, the answer He gave me was simply, I love you. That's all. Why does, and my next question is, what does, that what, what makes you love me? You, you get I me mean not? Who am I that deserve your love? Seriously. And God always replied me because of your sincere heart. Okay? I don't care if you are a sinner or you are still a sinner. Don't I am, I am advocating that continue to sin, no? Okay, the Bible says also huh? do not continue to sin and do not take the grace of God you know, as an advantage. Yeah, do not take it for granted. So, but nonetheless, I have to confess, you get I mean, like the man. You know, the tax collector beating the chest. They don't even look up to heaven. What did Jesus say? This man is justified. So I am that person. Okay, we have to have that kind of humility before God. And that what? And that is what God likes, you see. So when people see us, okay, there should be evident enough of Christ in us. We call ourselves Christians. Okay, Christians means what? Like Stephen always mentioned, little Christ running around. I always have this picture, you know, like, I don't know why. Little tiny gummy bears running around. I don't know why it's weird, weird vision I have. Like, gummy bears running around, you know, running around. But nonetheless, okay. So, we are little Christ running around. But if we are little Christ running around, shouldn't we be, you know, even though we don't look like Christ, but shouldn't we carry that scent, right? That smell that looks like gummy bear? No, just kidding, okay? (laughs) So, as I was saying, see, so when God... Um, when God smells, okay, when he smells, he should be saying, hmm, I smell so much, okay, of me from that person. You see, when we are running around representing Christ, God sees himself running around. So when he sees that, okay, that pleases God. Okay, not just merely running around, putting on a mask, you know, or just putting up a front. As Christians, we have to be Christians, Christians, you get what I mean, a believer. So, with that being said, okay, today I'm going to look at five ways to please God daily. Five. Okay, I only have five tonight, huh? so don't worry. Huh? Okay? Actually, there are more, but I have zeroed down to these five, okay, which I think is applicable, okay, in our lives for today. So, the first one, okay, through contentment and generosity, okay, both ends, being contented and being generous, Okay? In fact, this work in a balance. You cannot have either one. If you have either one, that means your life, I would say, is not balanced at all. Okay, if you are contented and you're not generous, what does that put me as? Let's speak for myself. I'm being selfish. Right. If I'm very generous, okay, that's good. But you will run out of steam one day. You cannot be generous. Let's 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 be honest. Okay? only God is generous with no bounds. God is limitless with his generosity. but us, we human beings, we have a limit to our generosity. We cannot be keep giving and giving and giving. One day I'm telling you, you will get yourself burnt out as well. So there must be a balance. Okay, why do I say that? Okay, let's look at Philippians chapter four, verse 18 to 19. "I have received full payment and have more than enough." Okay this is Paul speaking, huh? I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. You see, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. So, Paul said this to the Philippians. What does he mean by that? See, Paul showed us, if our focus is on God, or his focus was on God, his strength is sufficient for us daily. You see, to God, God looking down. Let's say now, God is looking down at Paul. Okay? When he received offerings, okay, be it monetary or be it, you know, um, gifts or food that support his ministry, God sees that and God likes that. Why? Because God, to God, you are actually giving to God. Not to Paul. Paul, as I was mentioning before, Paul is like a little Christ running around. okay, a little gummy bears running around. Okay? And Paul, and sorry, and God likes that. When he sees people giving to his people, that pleases God. So, that's why um, Paul is encouraging, you know, the church. Please, give. Okay? Give. And God will definitely like that. And Paul also mentioned, you see, I've received full payment. It doesn't matter to Paul. Let's say okay, I don't know about the the money value during that time, but let's say let's put it into this time, okay? Okay, let let, let me be Paul for once, okay? Because Paul is my favorite preacher. <laughs> okay, let me be Paul. Let's say now, in the offering bag, let's say today I receive fifty cents. Oh man, only fifty cents? Gosh, man, what what is this? Why are they so stingy? I would not have that attitude. Even if I receive fifty cents in the offering, hey, praise God, Amen. Okay, that is an offering. That comes from someone who is willing to give, you see or not. And it's not what I receive, but what I see in that person's heart. So God sees the same thing as well. And God is pleased. And who am I to judge? So I am pleased. This is what Paul meant. He is content with whatever he is. And please and support. See, when Paul said he received full payment, doesn't mean he received a lot. No. See, when we read this, uh, we have to put ourselves in Paul's shoes. For a moment and think about it sometimes paul never even received at all okay it can be direct or indirect when paul received even a compliment to him it's not him being complimented okay the compliment that paul received is actually a compliment directed to god so to paul that is a full payment he has done his job he represented jesus well so, you see, I am pleased the that I have received, okay? So, pleasing, so this pleases God. As I continue to say, hey, key, the key thing here is to be content with what we have for now. Whatever we have for now, be contented with your life, okay? Of course, you know, in Singapore, it's not easy to live, especially with the, you know, high cost of living and all that. And all of us, I know, okay, even for myself, I'm striving daily, you know, to make, to make ends meet. Okay, um, like for instance, okay, I'm not, I'm not asking for a new handphone or what, but just, just, see, I'm not asking. Why are you loving so long? <laughs> are you going to give bless me, <laughs> Suzanne? No, nah, just kidding. Okay, let's take me again for example, okay? My phone, okay? It's going to die. I have resuscitated my phone for three times. Seriously, it, it died on me, like recently in the church camp for, okay, just to sidetrack a bit. Uh, first time in my life, I fasted. Uh. It means fasting, you know. I never fasted before, no. I tried fasting before with food, but I cannot I cannot take it. I have to eat again. <laughs> and then God would actually laugh at me. What are you doing, my son? Come on, please. This is not fasting. At all. So I never start fasting. Until the time, the recent church camp in Batam, I actually fasted. Fasted from what? Handphone. Why? Because I got no choice. My phone died on me the day I left for the church camp. I was like, oh man. <laughs> Without my phone, how am I going to contact people? You know what I mean? When I'm over there in Batam, how I'm gonna, what am I going to do at night? Even when I'm free, you know, I have nothing to do. And true enough, somehow God brought me through the entire five days without a handphone, without technology, and I was fine with it. I have no urge for it. And even till now, seriously, after that five days, even now, if it died on me, so be fine. I'm okay with that. In fact, I realized, okay, you know, you don't know what you have until you lost it. Okay? Think about that. Think about that with God. Okay? So we don't need a handful <laughs> and I'm not looking for someone to give me okay. If you do, okay, I'm happy. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm, not, I'm not asking, uh, please, people, don't get me wrong. Okay, let's continue. Okay. So as I was saying, okay, the key thing here is to be content with what we have, be it a base or be it a bound. Okay, strike a balance. It okay, struck a balance between contentment and generosity. I realized that when I begin to feel, now this is the next thing, when I begin to feel my thoughts and my needs, okay, around the kingdom, the lesser I will think about my wants. Think about that. Okay? The more I feel my thoughts, my mind, okay, and also my heart, okay, with the needs of the kingdom, I will think less about my own wants. Now, that's the difference between your needs and your wants. Okay, why did I say that? Because usually when you are at home, when you are somewhere else, especially when you're stressed up, oh, I, th- I wish I can have this, I wish I can have that, oh, I wish I can be here, and you are know, enjoying. It's all about, you know, your wants. But do you really need those things? To be honest, no. You don't need them at all. All you need is God. All you need is to go talk to Him, read His Word. That is more sufficient for you, whatever that you're going through. And I'm not speaking for the sake of speaking. I've lived that and I know how it feels like. Okay? It's what you need in God. And the more you actually, the more time you spend, the more effort, energy you spend in His kingdom work, the lesser you think about yourself. And also, the more time you spend in other people's life. Giving yourself to others, people like the more you think about your own problem. In fact, as all of you know, sometimes your own problem even disappear or even solve along the way. So you see, this is how God works, is it? He? He's trying to help us to pull ourselves away from us, thinking about us, but focusing more on Him and on other people. This somehow makes life more happy and easy. Okay, so this is what Paul, this is what Paul got for his revelation, and he's trying to share this with the church. Okay. Now we sow what we reap. Okay, the more we sow, that means being generous, the more we will reap or receive. So I'm again in the Bible, okay, God watches the offering very closely. What did, how did, how did Jesus respond to the widow's might? Right? He saw the widow just give her only might. And that pleases God. And I believe from that day on, that widow's life is blessed. You see, she only has that small little mite. As you have heard Stephen mentioned before, there is only a shaving, you no, know, a thin slice shaving of probably you know some metal. That's all. And to, the, to that time, that is co- considered as money. Okay, so God sees and knows because He will not be mocked. Simply put it. Jesus said before, you know, when we give our lives to Him, we will receive many folds back in this life and eternity. You see, God do not shortchange us. You know. When we begin to give, you will see, He will begin to bless your life. What I'm talking about, your life right now on earth, is, which is only a vapor. How much more will He bless you when you're in eternity? So what you have now, when He blesses you, is only a foretaste, an appetizer. Of the main cause which you will have with the lamb at the supper table okay so when you begin when you okay the next is when you begin to be in need yeah okay, I don't know about you guys but I'm always in need. car oh I need this you no know, I need that to pay for this to pay for that Ah, uh, in Singapore especially begin to sow do the opposite don't just keep thinking about your need your need your need your need okay in fact when the more I think about my own needs the more God keep quiet Okay, He's not being cruel Okay, He's not being sarcastic But he's trying to teach me a lesson And which I found out See, when I'm in need When I begin to sow which wh- However, whichever Or how much or I have okay? Whatever effort that I can do okay? You shall see how God will actually bless you Through you See, when you begin to give uh, Somehow, uh, your life will get balanced up Seriously, you will get blessed back I don't know how that happened But it always happened to me Okay? This is how I have survived for the past six years without a job in Singapore. When I say a job, a proper paid job, regularly, monthly, no, I don't have that. Because all this, while, when he told me to drop my net, Jesus told me to drop the net like uh, the fisherman and follow him. I have never turned back. I never looked back since. Because the Bible says, okay, whoever turns back is not fit for the kingdom. So I dare not take that step. I just want to look forward. And I continue to press, press, you know. Every time when I'm in need, I press towards God. I press Him. I press the button. Okay? Now, the second point. Okay? Through being a living sacrifice. Okay? What do I mean by that? Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay? Again, I mentioned that uh, okay, we worship God in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. Therefore, we worship Him in spirit. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When I read this, I have I mean I've read this passage. These verses many 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 times, but not till now it caught my attention. Said, like, "Wow, okay, actually there's more to it in these two verses than you can ever even think of." Okay, which I'm gonna like, yeah, okay, I'm show it to you guys now. So, see, our body is the temple of God. All of us know that. Okay, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. See, we need to keep our body, which is God's temple, clean and holy. Paul says that. Of course, Paul being the most holy, you know, nobody can be as clean as Paul. Being a pharaoh of pharaoh, you know, I don't know how clean Paul's life is, but I, I can guarantee you, okay, he is cleaner. And not a marketplace. If you, when I when I read this, I suddenly I, I have this vision, you know, of Jesus, you know, braiding the whip, you know, slowly. And then after that, he clears the market in the temple. Okay, with zeal. That means he say, you know, my father's house should not be a marketplace. Simply put that. Okay, it should be a proper place for worship. And praising God see so a marketplace what do you think about a market marketplace? usually dirty smelly you know noisy okay usually yeah this is what we think about market in Singapore we hardly see any wet markets anymore okay mostly supermarket but even so under air corner is still very noisy and sometimes smelly yeah but if you really want to see real market yep yeah, you can go to Cambodia get okay? the Russian market is really a market market it's like, whoa, the smell will just engulf you. I like that. Actually, I miss that smell, seriously. I miss the smell of the fish, the meat, you know, especially when it's slaughtered life on the spot for you to see. It's like, wow, we cannot get any more real than that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So our life shouldn't be filled with all these entanglements. Okay, what, what I meant by entanglements, you know, scenes, whatever you want to call this, okay? Your body should be, you know, really keep it, no sacred and holy for God. See, if we, of course, sometimes it is difficult, especially in this age. You know, we are you know always faced with technology, you know, Facebook, like YouTube, whatever, um, Instagram, IG, and all that. Uh, our our vision is always on this screen alone. So we are exposed to a lot of things in this world. So the more that we should guard our hearts. Okay, the eyes are like they say. The eyes are, I tell you. Okay, besides your tongue. Being the most powerful thing your eyes okay so our hearts our thoughts our action our behaviors okay actually does allow the Holy Spirit to do what if you want to allow the Holy Spirit to do work in you okay usually what he does is he will do a spring cleaning you know what spring cleaning when it comes to New Year you know we will go through the hassle you know the effort whatever it is to clean up the whole house right so this is what the Holy Spirit does every day, you know, in your life. Can you imagine uh, if my life is messy and smelly and dirty? I don't I don't wash my clothes every day. I just simply go back, throw in my room. My room is a, it's a, it's in a mess, just like a storeroom. Okay? Can you imagine? <sighs> every day I've got to go up, make the bed, every morning gotta wake up, you know, clean up the place. This is what the Holy Spirit does every day. I'm not about you, but definitely in my life. And I one, two, I, one, I allow him to do that. Okay, because this is his job as well. You see. So, if he wants to do that, how can you cooperate with him? You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to clean the house, seriously, but I just refuse. I'm just being lazy. I always tell him, ah, tomorrow can we do that? He keeps insisting, no, now, now. Tomorrow, you know, he will just keep. No, gently, nicely, just keep prompting. No, I want to clean now, now. <sighs> okay, eventually I give in. And one one interesting thing is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just gonna share with you, okay? How, um, for me personally, how do I know the Holy Spirit dwells with me or in me, okay? Because of his influence in my life spiritually, that also translate into my physical life as well. How, why do I say that? Okay, for example, I cannot stand, uh, okay? Some people call me OCD. You know it's OCD, right? Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. I'm like that right now because I cannot stand. Like now you see that table just for instance. It's, to me, it's very messy. I cannot take it anymore, okay? The MacBook has been shifted. I don't like that. Okay, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know? You see the projector, it initially it wasn't that straight, Straight, it was a bit crooked in no, the words, I cannot take it. It's like, ugh, it aches me. You see, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Okay, I'm not blaming him, but I'm saying that this is a good thing. Because his influence, what I'm saying, is his influence in your life spiritually will also cause a physical transformation. You just cannot stand untidiness. And I know Stephen attests to that. Because I've heard he say that before also. And I use that as a gauge for myself. To know that the Holy Spirit actually dwells in me constantly. Because to this day, I cannot stand untidiness. I cannot stand dirtiness. Like for instance, you see this carpet is already crooked. Okay? That one, I can't help it because of the wiring. You see this bunch of wires here? I, I, okay, Stephen, don't blame me. I'm just using this as an example. Look at the messiness of these wires here. I cannot stand. To me, this is like fried bi Okay, I'm using colloquial language. This is fried bihun. I cannot stand. I cannot tahan. I need to clear these wires up. If not, ugh, it irks me. Uh, seriously. So you see, this is what the Holy Spirit can do to your life to that extent. And I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad that He does that. So Jesus will do that in your life if you allow Him. Okay? So now, the verse. if you look at verse 2, uh, if you look at verse 2, okay, pay close attention. Okay? We'll we'll move on from here. So the steps, uh, okay, can we have the next? Yeah, okay. So the steps to being a living sacrifice, you see, Paul already shown you in verse 2, by how? Do not conform to this world. Okay? Make sure this temple is holy and consecrated. That means separated from the world. Okay? Jesus said, okay, we are from the world. Okay? But we are not of this world. Remember that. Okay? You are set apart. So therefore, okay, consciously tell yourself be apart sometimes yeah i have to ask for forgiveness meaning to say that you know sometimes when my friend gossip happily i also join in the gossip but after a while i realize that oh man i'm gossiping oh that is not good so i just simply stop and walk away okay i know it's not easy but consciously we have to choose to do that now second thing renew your mind this mind ah The Bible says it's an enemy of God. That's why Paul saw that. That's why he said, come on guys, your mind, your mind. Okay? This thing up there. It's not your brain. It's what is in that brain that is thinking, your thoughts. So it has to be a daily transformation. As I mentioned before, the information that we receive every day. Okay? When we talk to people, we read about news, we read about that. We study, we get a lot of information, good knowledge, wisdom. But it's all from this world. Okay, so we have to do a bit of filtering, a bit of careful, okay, when we come to that. And third, test God's will. I said, wow, eh, wait a minute. We can test God's will. Uh. You get what I mean? Uh? Actually, you know, we keep asking for, you know, the will of the Father in our lives. Right? Uh? But do you know that Paul asked us to test God's will? Who are we to test, you know, the will of the Father for our life? But no, this is written, you see. Okay? Why did Paul say that? Interesting, right? It never caught my ant- attention until now. So this is why I got out from God. Okay, this is why he showed me. You see, we all know God do not force, He is very gentle. Okay, for instance, Joe. Now this is a platter of you know um fresh um peeled prawns. Fresh, huh? okay, like sashimi style. Okay, you want it? You want to have it? Or do you think it's too raw for you to eat? See, this is how God is. He never force. Hey, Joe, come. I got some freshly peeled prawns, huh? Okay? Not even cooked at all. Come, have it, have it. Trust me, it's good. Have it. He won't force it. So, therefore, when he gives his will to you, he wants you to look at it. Hmm. Think about it. Right? He simply said, Come. The Bible, also, the Bible also say, Come, let us reason together. Right? So, this is what he meant. He gives you that will, he wants you to test it out. Does it work for you or not? Okay, now good. So it works for you. Right? Next thing approve God's will. So what did what does Paul mean by that? That means you acknowledge his will for your life. When you test it, it works for you. Hey, I like this life. Why? Because okay, finally when you leave it out, his will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, my will, our will is always imperfect. Sometimes even pieces, not pleasing. I understand. You understand what I mean? Even pieces me off. Right? And most of my, most of the time, my plan, my own will is not even good at all. Right? So, but his will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. That's why God says, test it out. Once you have tested it out, you liked it. You like the taste, right? Okay. Then, approve it, and it's yours. Okay? So, this is how God wants us. To be in His will. Not just simply just accept it because we have no choice, you know. But He reasons with us, huh? Okay, the third point. Through love in action. Earlier on, we sang about love. You know, God's love. Okay? A lot. And that comes to my third point, huh? Through love in action. See, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17 to 19. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. No, this is Paul talk on the on the context of him speaking about you know what, what are the things that you can eat or what are the things that you eat in front of believers and non-believers that you do not stumble them. But this is what caught my attention, these two verses, okay? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Wow. we I didn't know that. I thought, I just please, God alone is enough. I didn't know I need to, what? Have your approval. You know what I mean? I didn't know I need Matthew's approval, you know. (laughs) Okay? If Matthew don't approve, oh, oh no, that's it. I know God is not pleased with me. See, this is important, okay? (laughs) So, let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Okay? This is Paul, again, speaking in the context to the church. Okay? To the, to the churches in, in Rome itself with regards to the eating, okay? Don't stumble. So what Paul is trying to say here, do not be a stumbling block to other believers, especially new believers, or especially some other believers who actually visited us. You know, they may have a different, you know, way of worship perhaps, you know, or a different way to receiving the message itself. So, how we approach another person, we do not know how the person actually thinks or behaves so we have to be careful in that sense okay and be conscious and be sensitive be tactful okay and of course do not judge we as human beings i know you know we like to jump to conclusion very fast okay so serve christ okay what do we? what do we what does paul mean meant by serve christ in this way pleasing to god and receive human approval. So, this is what I got out of it. Serving Christ means serving man. When we serve each other, we are actually serving Christ. Okay? Why I say that later, I have another passage to justify that. So, as Jesus has shown, He, Jesus Himself, you know, as a prototype of man, what did He do? He became a servant. Remember, uh, the night before, He was betrayed, right? After supper, what did He do? Strip himself? Why not? Just covering his Leon, uh, becoming a bond servant. Okay? Serving, washing the feet of the disciple. See, he was trying to show the disciple, I am serving you. So therefore, do likewise. When you go out, when you have your own ministry, when you come in contact with people, serve them. Serve. Okay? When he says serve, huh? he really meant serve. Okay? Be a servant, have a sincere servant heart attitude to serve. Treat everyone greater than you. Again, Stephen always says, you know, treat everyone, whoever it is. Okay? No matter where that person comes from, be it, you know, a male or female, young or old, always esteem the person higher than you. In this way, you are actually at the safest level. Why? Because first of all, you already become humble. You remove pride from yourself. The moment you look at that person, hey, who do you who does that person think he or she is? You are actually, in a way, judging that person already. So you are not going to serve that person. So if you put yourself a base at the lowest level, that means you are already ready to serve that person. So this is what we must have wherever we are. Especially if we are a missionary. I know Sylvia knows that very well. When I was serving, or when I was um, in Philippines for half a year. To be honest, the first few weeks, I got a hard time. Why? Because of different culture, the food, the people. Okay? One thing I cannot I cannot stand, uh, or locally they say, I cannot, I cannot tahan. Uh. Filipinos, they are very loving. I say, ooh, give me the goosebumps. They are too loving already. Every time they see me, they hug me. Every time they see me, they hug me. I cannot stand that. Because, you know, in Singapore, we don't usually do that, right? Right now. Uh. Imagine he come running, hugging me every time he sees me. I was like, okay. Probably, I don't know about Zita whatever right <laughs> you don't care right <laughs> okay so yeah as i was saying so you see you know, at different place i really struggle okay and i don't know the people well and for me to serve to a stranger is very difficult i think you know silver can 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 feel that as well even right now sometimes you struggle as well right so but we you know but this is what christ want us to be you know wherever we are Okay? Whoever we come in contact with, we must be ready to serve. We may struggle, yes, of course, but with the strength of God, you know, with the right mindset that God gives you, okay, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can serve. Trust me. Okay, why I say that? Because I have learned to do that when I when I'm at different places. You see, when I travel, I still remember the very first time. Before I went to Philippines, you know, I was actually conversing through email with Pastor Elaine. You know, I was actually serving under her for the rally under her when I was there. The first thing I told her, Pastor Elaine, I'm ready to wash your toilet. You know what, how she replied, she replied with a shock. Huh? No, you're not coming here to wash the toilet. Who told you that? You know, at that time, very, very uh, uh, jokingly, I, I told her, oh, Pastor Stephen told me that. Say so what? No! I think he wrote, I think she wrote to Pastor Stephen. I remember. No, no, he's not coming here to wash my toilet. I have toilet people to wash my toilet. I don't need anyone coming here to wash my toilet. But exactly Stephen told yes, I taught him that this is exactly what we must do. Okay? If you want to serve in Stephen Church, first thing that he will pass you is a mop, it's a broom, it's a toilet brush. Huh? I still remember uh, Matthews and George. They used to make fun of me. My hair looks like a toilet brush. Remember? Yeah, you forgot that, right? <laughs> nah, just kidding. Huh? Okay, I'm very upfront here with the camera. I hope you all don't mind. But I mean, there's nothing to it. It's true. You know, when they told me that, okay, probably to them it's a joke, but to me it's a compliment. You get what I mean? You get what I meant? Because they, the way that I do my work, to them is like, yeah, wherever he goes, huh, you definitely hold a toilet brush. That is the kind of image I project to people, which I feel, again, like what Paul mentioned earlier on. Right? He has received his full payment. Whatever it is, I take it as a compliment. Because why? I'm the little gummy bear running around, resembling like Christ. Okay? So this is what we need to achieve. So, okay? So, um, yes, the only way up, again, Stephen always mentioned, the only way up is Down. Okay, go as down as low as you can, especially if you have a chance to serve in church in Antioch. Find a position, the lowest one, trust me, and stay there and be faithful. Be it one year, two years, ten years, so be it. Doesn't matter who's looking at you, doesn't matter how people think about you. Okay, Remember who is watching over you closely. So if we have that attitude, I'm, I can tell you, you will serve. You will want to even go lower. When people want to lift you up, hey, come, don't do this anymore. No, 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 no. Okay, I will still want to do this. Trust me, okay? It works. Because to be honest, okay, the toilet, I know the toilet. Okay, I'm going to be a bit crude right now. I also cannot stand being dirty, the toilet bowl. I, sometimes I have to clean it. It becomes, you know, part of you. Okay, this is what God wants us, want us to be. that kind of attitude so this love is the love of God the love that I am talking about here when we do all this see when we put all this into action why am I doing this okay yes I want to please God and pleasing God is through what serving men and why do I serve you because I love you if not why do you think I want to serve you in the first place at all because I love you that's why I want to serve you I want to make sure when you go to that toilet bowl, you are happy with that toilet bowl. You see where I'm coming from. So, this is what I meant by putting your love in action. Okay. You, like, again, Stephen also mentioned, you tell me you love God. Show me. The Bible also mentioned, how how do I know you love God? There's nothing I can see physically that tells me that you love God. Yeah, of course, of course the way you worship, you know, oh, I can tell, well, this person loves God a lot, you know, the way he or she worship. But besides that, As a normal human being, you know, when you're not in the realm of worship and praising, what can you do to show me that you love God? Okay, it's only through our action. The more you do, the more you do for people, the more you set yourself a base to serve, the more I see, well, how can it be, man? It's only by the strength of God that person can do that. If not, by our own mere human strength and ability. Nobody can do that. Okay, so... Peace, so this love of God okay, equates to me to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So humans approval. You see, what do we what does Paul mean by that? Our testimony through our action okay, will give God the glory. Okay, thereby pleasing God. You see, your action, God is looking at your action, whatever you are doing, even the smallest things. Right? Serving in the children's ministry or at least helping out, get behind preparing the food and all that. So that later, everyone can enjoy the the fellowship and the food. All these are a way of serving God. George sitting down there. Attentively listen to the message and taking down at what time is the slide coming on. Because to him, this is important. To him, every second, the precision counts. The sound and the image must match. All these are important. Because... This is important to God. That is the reason why He is doing this tirelessly every week. Okay, so we heard, uh, especially those um who are in in Christ for the longest. I think all of you heard this before, right? W W J D. You know, we used to have a bracelet or anklet. What does W W J D means? What would Jesus do? I kind of like that tag, you know. What would Jesus do? You remember that, right, Zita? So you see. In the past, when I was a very young Christian, I said, wow, oh, this is so hip, oh, this is so fashionable, I like that. But I never really understand the meaning, the true meaning behind it. But now you come to think of it, what would Jesus do in this moment? Yeah, he would take off his clothes, and become a servant, and wash the feet of the disciples. So this is what Jesus would do, and this is what we must ask ourselves every day. What would Jesus do in these circumstances, in this situation, to show your love for him? Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, if it is possible, oh gosh, as far as it depends on you, not on God, uh, on you, okay? God can only help you so much, but you have to depend on yourself also. Live at peace with everyone. Now, when I read this, uh, knowing Paul, I know Paul in a way because I know Paul is, is a very um physical, athletic person. He loves sport. You can read about that actually about a bit of his lifestyle uh, in, the, in his words. And the things that he used to describe the analogy that he used to describe in the bible he likes sports a lot okay marathon wrestling whatever that is common in those days okay he's a very sports person and i'm a sports person coming from that you know that background huh okay we are sort of very prideful We got pride if not why do we want to take part in races because i want to win because i want to be the fast i want to be strong you know i want to show this person i have the skill Okay, even right now, okay, I'm a coach, I'm a freelance part-time coach. I can sense among you know, all my peers, even amongst the, the, the students that I, I coach, they're very competitive. Why? Right? Because of the pride. You know, I want to show this person or whoever it is I'm competing. So Paul was like that. So Paul, why do I say that? Because Paul knew and Paul struggled like I myself. We struggle, okay? Sometimes really please people. And mentioned before as before, to really be a base and to serve uh, is not easy, especially if we have pride in us.? Okay? It's not easy. Trust me, every one of us in this room, we have a certain level of pride, right now? Uh, to be honest. Okay? If not, I don't think you're human at all. Okay? There is some certain level of pride in us, which is I'm not saying it's wrong, but we have to learn to set that aside. okay? And let humility comes up and surface in us. So that's why when Paul wrote this, I can fully understand what Paul is trying to say. So, if possible, okay, I am learning that as much as I can live at peace with everyone else. Sometimes I may be a bit quick mouth, and so quick in my action. But of, of course, after that, I fully repent. I go before God. God, please forgive me. Whatever it is, you know, if possible, ask for forgiveness from that person as well. Hey, Sorry, earlier on I said something which I don't think is right. You know, this was what I meant. You know, or this is not what I meant. You get know I mean? Apologize and all that. So, this is this is what Paul meant, okay? As far as possible. I know it's, it's not possible, but, you know, do whatever we can. Okay, point number four. Stay with me, huh? Okay, the second last point. Eh? True faith in action. Earlier on was true love. Now, your faith. Of course, when it comes to pleasing God, what pleases God the most? Your faith. Without faith, right? Both of you will not be sitting down here already, right? Listen to my okay, boring, unsexy voice. Huh? Hebrews 11, verse 6. Here it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. We know this verse very well. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe, or must first believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Again, I say, we won't be sitting here if you don't believe in God, right? Why are you sitting out here? You don't get paid sitting down here. right? not? The aircon is cold, I know, sometimes. Okay? Why do you want to sit here and suffer? right? not? And fall asleep. Okay? Why? What for? But because of our faith. So, Hebrews, okay? Chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. Do I have that? Okay. <laughs> don't fall asleep on me. Huh? <laughs> okay. Nah, just kidding. So, now faith. Okay, we know this verse also very well. Verse 1. Okay, faith. Okay, what is faith? Now, faith. I'm talking about the faith that you have right now. Okay, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Right now, Hebrews 11.1. We know this verse, the description of faith itself. Now, verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. This caught my eye. Verse 2 caught my eye. Usually, you know, when we talk about faith, we remember verse 1 very well. You know, we can describe the people even in our own words. Right now. But what about verse 2? Right? The writers of Hebrews continue to write verse 2. Hmm. What is the purpose of verse 2 being there for? So this is what I found out. Okay, for point number 4. Your faith must be put into action. So what were your ancestors, your forefathers, people like who? Uh, Abraham no isaac okay, joseph king david what were they commanded for and why even god keep bringing up king david being you know a, 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 a template for all kings to follow being a, a a man you know going after god's own heart how did he show that it's only through his action see our forefathers were commanded for their faith not just okay, simply who they believe in we know they believe in god Okay, without a doubt, right? But their faith was in action, even put to the test. Okay, proven of their faith. That's what they were commanded for in verse 2. It's not because of what they simply believe, but because what they simply do. When they do, like King David, he do exploits for God. As a king, he has all the power and all the wishes, choices to do whatever he wants. But no, He is well-known as a king, even humble himself before God, to the point that he has to dance, okay, unsightly in the streets as a king. Right? So, if King David can show God his faith through his action, what more are we? Right? So, how do I know if you believe in God? Again, I ask this question. It's only through your action that I can see. Right? Again, for instance, Joe tell me, Oh yeah, I believe in God. Yeah. But how how, how do I know? I look at you, there's nothing written on all of you. I, be, I I don't see God writing His name on your forehead. You get what I mean? Not now. Okay? So, how do I know that? It's only through what you do that I can see. Okay? As a proof. So the more you do for God, Okay? Not just in good times, huh, when you are happy, or when you are rich, when you are blessed, then you do things for God. But also in the worst scenario, in the worst case, in your bad time, especially in your bad time, when you, in your bad time, as I mentioned before, okay, the more you forget about your own needs, the more you care about other people's needs, that is where I can see, wow, how this person do it, it's not just merely by his own effort and strength, You what I mean, it must be through some, you know, supernatural strength that is pushes him on, so that actually attests to me that, wow, you know, a higher power or a higher being, as you know, being a believer, so definitely God is, you know, sustaining this person. So you see, in that way, is something that He can show me, okay, that God actually is pleased with him, and also He's showing me through His faith for God. So the more I see, okay, you do things for God, the more faith I can see in you. Uh, just to sidetrack, but some, you know, sometimes um, like um, okay, from my own experience, uh like recently, Tanjong uh, Pinang, we went to um, Matthews, you know myself and Valerie. We went to support Stephen over there in that sense uh, for his ministry. So while he was preaching at night, um, I, I did mention with, to Matthews and Suzanne before because they did ask me, how do you see faith, especially you know when people are worshiping and you know praising God? How I saw it even that night, um, I did demonstrate it was I go to those specific people who actually demonstrated faith. And how do I see it? I see a beam of white light coming up from there. How do I see it? It's when I see that person, I see tears, I see emotions. Uh, that shows me that person is showing his or her faith at that point in time by his or her true, sincere worship, by the outward action. That is how I know. If you just simply stand down there, praise, worship, yeah, how do I know your faith? You, you know i'm talking about okay it's, it's somewhat like a direct link how do i know matthew is listening to me right now i wouldn't know unless he looked at me intently and listening not just merely hearing that is how i know but if he start to lean back and start to then i know he's not listening to me at all so this is how we see you see from the outward appearance so this is how i see faith in people during praise and worship and that what actually pulls me And that is what, how the Holy Spirit directs me to that person. Go, lay hand on that person. Go, touch that person. To the point that the Holy Spirit will tell me, you know, put your left hand or your right hand on the person's forehead right now. That's specific, you know. This is how I operate and this is how I dare to go in. If not, I wouldn't do it at all. And true enough, you will see how the Holy Spirit works. Okay? So, likewise, you know, our faith through our action is the only proof to God and to other people, okay, that we have faith in him. So, how we convince others of our faith is through what we do for each other. Okay? As I was saying, let's look at Matthew's uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 to 36. Okay, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I indeed clothed and it's Excuse me, sorry. Yeah. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Action. Okay? These are the words of Jesus. Action, action, action. It's only through your action that Jesus can see. Oh, okay. So you love me. Why? Because you helped me when I was in need. I help you when you are in need. Okay? So this is how it works, huh? There's no other way around. There's no shortcut. Okay. And let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17 here. Okay, It also says here, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So, why do I put this up? Very simply, how do people hear? I know it's a very, sorry, through your testimony. Testimony is by what? Us opening our mouth. Action. By us making, taking that steps to go and tell a person. Be it in Singapore or in other countries as a missionary. We have a job to do. That is to preach the good news, the gospel. And that requires your sacrifice, your action. God sees that in you. We keep asking, God, 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 show me your will, show me your will for my life. If you don't take the first step, how do you expect God to show you the second step? God requires you to take the first step. You see where I'm coming from? Okay? We can pray all day, all night, until we show God something to prove that you actually want something from Him. Then He will show you the second step. I'm speaking from my experience as well as a missionary before. Okay? Okay? Because when you pray, God will definitely, I can guarantee you, God will definitely give you something in your heart. Be it a nation, certain group of people, or an image that you saw, a dream. That is something definitely from God because you ask from it. Whatever you ask for His kingdom, I can guarantee you, God, without delay, He will show you. But that requires, again, your faith to be put into action by taking the first step so that He can show you step two. No point He show you step two. Because sometimes when He show you step two, you don't even understand at all. Because you are not there to comprehend it. So you have to be at that point in time before He shows you and you understand. Okay? So, see, you know, how do people hear by our action of speaking, again, uh, bringing the good news good news across to other people. Confession, again. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about the confession of the gospel. Okay? It's an action verbally. Right, I can, for instance, uh, I come to Elaine, uh. okay, I come to Elaine, say I want, uh, I want I want, Elaine to believe in Jesus, okay, if I look at her, she look at me, How am I going to convince her without speaking to her, then she will probably ask me, what do you want, why you look so creepy, why are you staring at me, you get what I mean, so I have to open my mouth and talk to her, hey Elaine, you know, uh, how are you today, so how are you feeling, you know, uh, if she's if she trusts me when she begins to pour her life towards me and I will slowly direct her towards Christ this is how we put our faith into action right so James chapter 2 verse 14 now uh, later we jump to, jump uh, to verses 18 and 19 okay together here so what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no this well, see not my words but the Bible says so okay? Can such faith save them? Interesting, right? And then move on on to verse 18 here. But someone will say, Okay, show me your faith and deed. And I will show you my faith by my deeds. Even your faith has to be shown with your deeds, your action. You believe that there is one God. Of course. (laughs) Good. Even the demons believe that. Right? And shudder. Why? Because it's a fact. Recently, I put in my Facebook post. Right? It's a fact. God is God. There is no maybe in between. There's only black and white. Heaven and hell. Very clear cut. Right? There's only God. Whether you believe it or not, up to you. But the fact is, God is God. There is one God only. You see, even the, be- the demons know that, of course. They call me LL Yon. Okay? The most high. Why not? So you tell me you believe that. Yeah, yeah, of course I believe you. But how can you convince me? Right? It's only through your action. Your love for me. That I know, wow, this person is different. You get what I mean? He's different from other friends that I've known. Because when he says he want to help me, he will help me. He holds through to his words. Why? Because he believes in a God. According to him, he must be accountable for what he says. Wow, that is different. You get what I mean? Yes, you want to come to the front, okay? So faith is useless merely by saying. Okay. God wants to see your faith, and this pleases Him. Simply put it. So simply carrying a Bible, okay? Uh, I'm not criticizing those people who are carrying Bible walking around. I'm just using it as okay as an example. Carrying a big Bible, huh? Or like those rappers uh, wearing a big golden cross on your neck to the point that you can almost pull a cow with that radio, that heavy. Uh, okay? A cross means nothing. Means nothing to God, honestly speaking. okay Unless that person carrying the Bible and wearing a big heavy cross can prove to him, God, that his faith is real. I mean, come on, put it this way. Even right now in today's arts, I'm talking about today's arts context, a lot of people use so-called a cross very loosely. Right? They use a cross to draw a lot of graffiti, a lot of things we've seen out there. They even use Bibles to do a lot of weird strange things out there. Okay, one thing of course, you know, they don't believe in the Word of God, so to them that is nothing. So this is what I meant. If we hold true to the Word of God to us, of course it's real and live. We have to prove it. We have to make it come alive through us. The Word cannot come alive by just simply black words on white pages. No. This is just a book, to be honest. Right or not? Just like any book in the library. But how do you make that word come alive? Yes, when you read the Bible, when you pray, it minister to you. So you have to translate that into your action as well. This is what it meant by coming alive. Okay, moving on to the last point. Okay? Through living to please God. Okay, this is different, different from point two, uh, living as a sacrifice. Now, I'm talking about your life through living to please God. Uh, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Okay? As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Okay, this is um, Paul exhorting the, the Thessalonians. Uh. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to, this more, to do this more and more. Okay, so in a way, this is my parting point for for, for today's message. So you can see Paul writing here as an encouragement. Paul admonished, it's the same as urge, okay? Paul admonished the churches to do so more and more. Similarly, you know, I would like to encourage all of us to live a life pleasing to God, or pleasing God daily, as a continually increasing rate. Okay, you tell me you love me. Okay, you don't just love. Right, and your love don't just stagnate. Right, nah? because we are human beings. Okay, we are dynamic. Our love changes, right? Ups and downs, right? Okay, Zita agree with me a lot. Yeah, I know. Definitely, I, I know that. Yeah, But of course, every down, nah, there must be an up. And the up must keep going up. Right, we cannot love that person less. So likewise, when we please God, it's the same. When we say you love God, okay, you have to make it increase at all. All the time. Okay, so make it a conscious effort to do so. Amen? Amen? So it's through your life. So, now, my encouragement is, you know, after this message, you know, even from here on, okay, what we can do, we encourage other. When we come to church, you know, simply, okay, by just a hug or by just a handshake or by just acknowledging, hey, hi, Elaine, how are you? Things like this, okay, that we can show people simply just a simple action. Why? Because when Elaine knows that I know that she is here, I welcome here. I'm also telling God, hey, you know, I'm welcoming Elaine and God is welcoming her. See, so this is how we show it. So this is my encouragement to all of us. Okay. So as a summation, these are the five points where we saw pleasing God. Five ways to please God daily. It's true. A balanced contentment and generosity lifestyle or, you know. Be happy and content with what we have. Do not ask for more. If God bless you with more, very good. And also give, give, give. Just keep giving. And you'll see how God bless your life. Second, through being a living sacrifice. Okay? Uh, Suddenly I remember what Stephen says. We, as being a living sacrifice on the altar, we often run away because we are living, right? We won't stay put, not like a dead sacrifice. So, that being said, okay, we have to put in effort also daily to wash ourselves daily with the word of God, to keep ourselves consecrated as a temple, holy and consecrated by the Holy Spirit and also for the Holy Spirit. And through love, okay, I will combine that with point number four. Through your love and your faith, putting them into action. It's only through that that I can see that you love God. Because the Bible says, okay, when you love man, you love God. Simple. Jesus demonstrated that when he was on earth. Okay, extensively to his disciple, hoping that his disciple get what he meant. Okay, and last but not least, okay, as a summation, true living to please God more and more each day. We must strive to do that. Okay, remember, at the end of the day, God will ask you again, who are you trying to please? Okay, for instance, huh, you have a job, you go and please your boss. Why are you pleasing your boss? Okay, now this, I'm again speaking from my own experience. Okay. When I go to work, I please my boss. Often I said, down, why am I pleasing him? Because what did the Bible say? God will put authorities in our life, not just simply to test us, but also to see how we serve. If we can serve man, we are actually serving God already. So this is how we know. Okay? Amen? Amen. Okay.